I'm going to start this evening's um, conversation by making some observations about Scholler and this photograph. And then I must say, I really look forward to opening the floor to discussion and hearing your thoughts and comments and questions um, about this image and perhaps um, more broadly about um, the phenomenon of the larger phenomenon of portraiture of Barack Obama. Um, as Frank Goodyear, my husband, mentioned um, in his introduction, Martin Scholler is one of six photographers who is represented um, in this series, um, in this exhibition, Feature Photography. We're very fortunate that he's already represented in our collection. We have portraits of Andre Agassi and Lance Armstrong that have a similar close-up format. And indeed, um, Scholler's best-known style, I would say, is this close-up um, close style. You'll see a little variation on this imagery in the hallway with his two recent photographs of um, female bodybuilders. But by and large, Scholler has made his career as a photographer who crosses the boundary between editorial work and fine art photography. And the works that you see gathered around you in this particular gallery are images that he made because of news stories that were published in the pages of The New Yorker, the pages of Entertainment Weekly, the pages of Men, Men's Vogue, or in the case of this portrait of Barack Obama, published in the pages of GQ, or Gentleman's Quarterly Magazine. And in fact, this is a photograph that was a variant of the image that was actually published in GQ. And I thought it might be sort of fun and interesting to show you um, a copy of the, of the image that actually was um, included. Um, Martin's skill as a photographer is very widely noted. And his contract with the New Yorker magazine obviously allows him to work for certain other publications. It also means that when he goes on location to shoot a subject, he has some latitude in making images that may eventually feature in a fine art installation such as this one. He's working with a large format, for, large format camera, which enables him to get images that are of um, sufficient quality that they can stand being blown up to an extraordinarily large, an extraordinarily large scale. Well, it's fun for me um, to be speaking in front of this image for a number of different reasons. Um, I think that we can all agree that we are on the precipice of um, an enormous transformation in our country. Um, there is no question that Barack Obama will have a historic presidency. We don't know exactly how it will unfold yet, but we already know that we are in extraordinary, extraordinary economic times. Um, we know that we're in the midst of a war. Um, there's a lot of debate about the best way to resolve that conflict. And of course, Barack Obama also has reached the milestone of being the first African American to be elected to the presidency of the United States. And I must say that I think that is a momentous um, and very exciting accomplishment. This image, however, was not originally an image of Barack Obama the president-elect. It was not even a portrait of Barack Obama, the presidential candidate. It was instead an image that was made in the summer of 2004 after Barack Obama gave 
a sensational address to the Democratic National Convention. And I, I must say, um, upon further reflection, I find it really interesting today, in December 2008, to look back on the pages of a magazine that appeared in December 2004, exactly four years ago. And I think it's really sort of fun to see the contrast between the image that the editors thought was most appropriate to represent this up-and-coming um, senator from Illinois. Um, it's a very engaging image. Um, he's smiling. Um, I think that, in a sense, he perhaps is inviting us to get to know him a little bit better. I should mention that one thing about being the subject for a photograph to be published in a magazine and the photographer of that image is that you often don't have editorial control. I suspect that Martin Scholler didn't know what image the editors would choose. I, I'll have to ask him sometime. In fact, he is planning to come back and speak, and that date has not yet been determined, but we'll be sure to get the word out. Um, but I'd love to know what uh, Martin thought would be published in, in, the, in December of 2004. I actually did not come into the contact with this image in December of 2004. Um, I came into the contact with this photograph for the first time in the spring of 2007. I was in New York um, for a photography fair that happens annually. It's an opportunity for photo dealers to showcase their wares. And I have to admit that this, that this photograph literally stopped me in my tracks. I just froze on the spot, and I thought, that is an image that belongs at the National Portrait Gallery. One of our goals, and sometimes it's a challenge, is to find, photo well, to find portraits of individuals whose historic significance is obvious and who are the subjects of really interesting portraits. And sometimes, we, it, sometimes that can be a tricky balance um, to find. But it did strike me that that balance existed with this image. And I think one of the things that struck me as I look back in retrospect is the power of that countenance. It's a really strong image of a very strong person. And it strikes me looking back um, on the spring of 2007 that it was already shaping in my mind and I think the minds of, of, many, of many fellow Americans that Barack Obama was going to have a very special career and that maybe there was even some possibility that he would run for the presidency. And so what interests me about this image and Barack Obama's, or rather Martin Scholler's selection of it to represent Barack Obama is that I think it represents the transformation, the political transformation of his career. He's gone from being a smiling, engaging newcomer to a politician invested with gravitas. And the type of gravitas that we associate with great leaders. Um, Scholler talks about the fact that when he makes his photographs, these close-up images, he wants deliberately to strip his subjects of the typical environmental cues that are almost always around us when we encounter people. We usually can see the jackets they're wearing or the room that they're standing in, and that inevitably helps us to shape certain ideas about who we're looking at. But despite the fact that Scholler, in a sense, has stripped all of that away, it's still really obvious that he's wearing a jacket and a tie and that this is somebody um, who 
takes the photographer seriously, and who himself wishes to be taken seriously. Um, it's interesting to me to ask myself, um, what would Barack Obama look like if he were photographed today in this fashion? And I, I've begun to notice that there's a little bit of gray hair appearing. Um, you know, he's obviously been going very, very hard. And I wonder to what degree um, our image of this um, senator who already in 2004 appeared to be having such an aspiring, or aspiring to have such an important career will in turn be shaped um, in the coming um, four years, maybe the coming eight years. We'll wait and see. And this, this give and take between the way in which political events influence our reading of portraiture and the uh, way in which portraiture influences our interpretation of, of coming events, I find to be so intriguing. And it does strike me that with this particular portrait, we really have a wonderful opportunity to investigate that sort of relationship. Now, that's a little introduction to my interest in this image. Um, but I'm so struck by the fact that so many people have turned out to see it and to learn more about it that I'd be really thrilled to hear your feedback and to hear the impression that this image makes on you. Are there questions or comments? Yes. What strikes me most about the portrait is just the symmetry. I mean, it's uh -huh. a perfect symmetry. Yes. Uh, which, which spells balance. Everything is just per perfectly balanced. Every line on his cheek, uh, his eyebrows, uh, the, the ears, even the reflections in his eyes. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it, it's just perfect. Compared to uh, the caper, mm -hmm. you can see the big difference in terms of the symmetry. It's just beautiful symmetry. Ab absolutely. I think that's a wonderful, I think it's a wonderful observation. And the question to which the photographer has influenced that with, his, with the composition. It's a wonderful comment. Thank you. Uh, to me, I'm, uh, I'm, it strikes me that actually what we invest in the photo is perhaps more important than what comes out of the person. Because I don't know that Barack Obama seems any more, has any more gravitas than one of the portraits on the back wall of, of mm -hmm. men who are yes. also very serious, and, and, and that particularly the one on the, in the middle on the right, uh -huh. uh, who's not smiling and also seems centered in himself and so on. To me, it seems like it's, this is partly a combination of the selection of the photographer, and we think this is a heavy dude. So tell me what, why this is. This does shriek out that he's a heavy dude just on its own. Well, it's interesting. I think that wonderful observation about the symmetrical composition of the image and even the shape of his head within the frame, I think is very interesting. Scholler obviously is a contemporary photographer, but I think he's very sensitive to the longer history of art. I think it's also really interesting in this case that he's made the choice to blow the image up to this monumental scale. And actually, I, I realized that there was a quotation that I, I wanted to share with you, a comment by Barack Obama that actually ran in the article in which his image was featured. And I think maybe it's worth sharing with you, because it almost seems as though Obama was commenting on the phenomenon of having himself photographed in this fashion. He's, and so he said in 2004, 
The reason you do this stuff is not to give a 15-minute speech or to get your face in a magazine. There are, there are less painful and far more lucrative ways to, do, to be famous. You do this stuff because you care about the epic struggle to make America what it can be. That's the only reason, the only thing that justifies being involved in politics. And so actually maybe something else that strikes me about this image is that there doesn't seem in this particular image, and maybe it actually differentiates it a little bit from the one that was published, there doesn't seem to me to be a sense that Barack Obama is trying to please Scholler or that he's trying to pose in a fashion that is attractive or engaging. It seems to me rather that there's a sense of Obama asking us to come, from, come to him and to unpack this image. But I, I think your question is an excellent one. I think your question is an excellent one. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. That's, yes, uh-huh. Given that one of the things that voted for is being a listener, uh ears are blurred. Yes. So I find that to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder why he does that. And in contrast with McCain, and McCain doesn't appear to have you. It's a great, it's a great question. As far as I know, he has ears, um, but I, I think it's a great, I think it's a great question, and I think it says a little bit actually about the artistry of Scholler's photographs. Um, Martin Scholler, um, I, I should have mentioned, is a German-born photographer, and for those of you who are interested in the history of photography and the history of portraiture, you may also be familiar with the work of Thomas Struth and Thomas Roof, who are other Germans who create large-scale portraits that really zoom in on the face. And it's not entirely a coincidence that this group of photographers happens to be coming out of Germany. They all have in common having been influenced by a couple by the name of Hilla and Bernd Becker, um, who are really known as minimal and conceptual artists um, who were really building their careers during the 60s in Germany. And actually, the grid of images on the back wall gives you a little bit better idea of what Martin Scholler was taking away from him, his engagement with the Beckers. They photographed architectural structures. They didn't actually photograph faces. But they made a practice of photographing every single architectural structure in the exact same format. And that's something that's important to um, Martin Scholler. He's very, um, he is very emphatic about the fact that he is actually not a photographer of celebrities. And when he said that to me, I was actually quite surprised because if you look around this room, you do see a lot of celebrities. And in fact, the Paraha people of Brazil were included in part at his insistence of the need to demonstrate he isn't only interested in famous faces. Now, the portrait gallery, because of the way we're constructed and our desire to say something about American history through the accomplishments of people um, who's, who we can um, point to in a historical narrative, makes these types of images appealing for, for this type of environment. But 
Martin Scholler wants to, in a sense, be very democratic in the approach that he takes to photography. And so I suspect that what we're seeing here with the distinction between Obama and McCain, if we were to ask Martin Scholler, is just the way that their particular faces happened to work within the parameters that he always uses for, for his pictures. And I, I think that Barack Obama's ears are out of focus because of the depth of field that the lens, that the lens had. And I, just, it, I think it just happens that McCain's ears just must be flatter against his head. But it, it is really interesting. And actually, I must say, um, one of the things that I find so revealing about the uniform approach to these images is that I think it puts a premium on even really subtle aspects of expression. So I think if I were just looking at the McCain in isolation from everything, I would take it to be a relatively serious expression. But somehow, in conjunction with the image of Barack Obama, it almost seems to me that he's smiling. And I, I find that to be a, a really sort of surprising revelation. And in fact, one of the other things that I, I really like about Martin Scholler is that he's an incredibly gregarious, engaging person. And I hope you all can come hear him speak um, when, he, when he comes. He has the quality of putting people at their ease. And in that respect, he actually, actually reminds me of Gilbert Stuart, who was an 18th century painter and who actually did the famous image of George Washington that made it onto the dollar bill. And in fact, the original of that painting can be seen, of that image can be seen hanging in our Hall of Presidents. But like, but like Stuart, um, who's, who is described by the people who sat for him as having been a wonderful person to spend time with, Scholler goes out of his way to help his subjects feel at ease, playing music that they like, I guess chatting with them, allowing them to engage in activities that they enjoy. He recently photographed Condoleezza Rice and let her play the piano during the session. And so although the images um, are very uniform in their composition, one of the things that Scholler, I think, is always reaching for is a moment when his subjects stop focusing on the camera and stop trying to compose their, their faces for the camera, stop trying to do the sort of knee-jerk smiles or other types of um, things we do really to protect ourselves. And it, it may be that that was why, that may be another reason that Scholler himself clearly favored the more serious image over the image that was published in GQ. The photograph of John McCain was taken in the summer of 2006. And actually, interestingly enough, while, while Scholler's while image of Barack was published in GQ, his image of John McCain was published in Men's Vogue. And I find that also really interesting. Um, I don't know exactly what it says about the way in which our culture <laughs> absorbs politics and fashion and celebrity these days, but I think it's really interesting that it's not Newsweek and Time magazine. Interestingly enough, um, just as a variant of the image of Barack Obama appeared in GQ, um, so too a variant image of McCain was published in the pages of, um, of Men's Vogue. And unfortunately, I was not able to bring a copy of that article with me. But I'll tell you that um, McCain did not appear by himself in that article. Instead, he appeared with um, Senators Lindsey Graham of South Carolina and John Warner of Virginia. And so 
while the gist of the 2004 article in GQ was to really say Barack Obama is a guy to watch, the message um, for the GQ, for the men's Vogue issue was a little bit different. The message was McCain is a team builder. And so I, there is a subtlety um, to the message that the photographs themselves put across, which again I think is interesting. And to my mind, um, given the fact that the photographers in this exhibition do both editorial assignments and fine artwork, I think it does raise the interesting question and um, I think this is a question that you brought up. Why do certain pictures tell us certain things? And how does the context in which those images appear, whether it's a fine art museum, whether it's GQ, whether it's Newsweek, how do those subtle cues cause us to interpret the meaning of an image? Um, my take on these images um, is that I find them not just interesting as political statements, but as artistic statements. And some of you, um, I'm sure, have read about the phenomenon of Miami Basel, which is a giant art fair that, well, it, it just wrapped up. It actually just wrapped up. But you're right. It happens in December. And it is really probably certainly one of, if not the largest gathering of artists, um, curators, critics, um, dealers, anybody who's interested in contemporary art. And the reason is that dealers are basically hawking their goods, but they're hawking their, the best of their stuff. And once again, I was actually struck that this image of Barack Obama was on view in a very prominent place. It was stopping people in their tracks. But actually, even more interestingly to me, this was not the only image of Barack Obama. Portraits of him were everywhere. And when people asked me what I took away from the fair, that is the thing that made the biggest impression on me, is that there is something about, and this is such a wonderful question, is it about, is it, does it have to do with his face? Does it have to do with the symmetry of his facial structure? Does it have to do with these wonderful ears? I mean, really, what is it that makes him so appealing? Or are we actually, is this actually a suggestion that the art of portraiture is somehow intimately tied to our sense of people who are, in fact, important to record for historical purposes. And so it's something that I'm, I'm really intrigued by. And I, I have a feeling, although I don't know, I have a feeling that Barack Obama is going to inspire an extraordinary outpouring of portraiture. And I'll, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, I think there does seem to be a sense of excitement and, and hopefulness attached to it. OK, I see three questions. I'm going to start in the back and then middle and then come to you. Um, comparing these two images mm -hmm. of a photographer by the name of Platon, or Platon mm -hmm. on the cover for Time magazine, they did special issues of the Democrats mm. and the Republicans. Mm -hmm. the images were very similar, mm -hmm. except the background was dark. And so uh, President-elect Obama came off looking very much like, for lack of a better way of putting it, Amon Ra in some of the Egyptian iconography huh. that you see, because it was long and narrow and dark, uh -huh. and he had a very kind of gentle fade to uh -huh. his features, whereas Senator McCain came off as a little bit more striking. He was a little bit more brightly lit. Interesting. His skin is a little bit, in this photograph, it's a little bit suntanned, but in the one on Time magazine, it was a little bit pinky blue, mm -hmm. so it looked paler. And that in itself made an editorial comment. 
very but interesting. The, the reason, to answer this lady's question over here about Mr. Obama's ears, <coughs> the reason they're out of focus is because this is shot on film. This is not a digital photograph. And so um, the photographer's main aim was the eyes and the mouth, mm -hmm. because they are the most expressive parts of the human face. And so he's, he's trying to get the eyes and the mouth in crystal clear focus, and everything else kind of fades out because he says that's more revealing, that's more, um, shows more of the person inside rather than someone who's posing for a photograph. Thank you so much. It's a wonderful observation. I really appreciate it. I'd like to invite your comments on the size of the uh -huh. photograph. I'm uh -huh. just comparing, frankly, your head to his <laughs> talking. And I guess you can probably get about 10 or 12 of yours in there, it's, you know, about 10 times the normal human size. But, and, and that's really, obviously, that's a big part of the power, right? It obviously invites us in, and we can also see more detail, mm -hmm. but it's more than that. And, I mean, maybe the way to frame the question is, if this, if this were on the side of a building and 400 times the size, that uh -huh. might even bother us, right? That might, it would remind me a little bit of cults of personality and, mm -hmm. you know, pictures of style right. that are 4,000 right. high. Right, right, so right. There's something that's too big, uh -huh. and then there would obviously be something that's too small, but can you just, what does size do to this? image and uh, the emotional response? Yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a great question and this wonderful observation actually about the way in which time um, maybe shaped certain impressions that the images gave just because of the, a choice like background, I think gets at the, gets at the, at the, larger, um, at the larger issue of, again, how the composition of images impacts our sense of their meaning. Um, I should let you know that um, Scholler is willing as an artist to um, do photographs at different scales. And um, so it's actually, in a sense, no more right to have the image at this scale than it would be to have the image at the scale of the Paraha people that you see. Um, one of the fun things, at least for me, about doing exhibitions is that there's always a, a little bit of a play between um, the ideas that you have and the practical way in which you're going to execute those ideas. So from my standpoint, in terms of um, creating an exhibition with a lot of wall power, I found it more interesting to do big images. And that was actually a decision reached in conjunction with the artist. So really, theoretically, we could have done something smaller. And in fact, um, the artist did make smaller prints of this image and sold them um, at a very reasonable cost to raise money for the Obama campaign. And they, he and his dealer actually did extremely well with that. But they're much smaller images. So there again, you see that um, to enjoy this image, you don't necessarily have to see it at this scale. However, it at the same time strikes me that it is interesting that this is the scale that Martin prefers, that Martin Schuller prefers. I think that scale, I think it's almost a primitive quality, frankly. But I do think that there is something almost primitive about our association of size with power. And I can't help but think back to the famous heads on Easter Island. I've never even seen them in person, but they are present in my mind as a historical marker of a long-standing desire to make important faces big. And we see it with the Egyptians as well. Um, and so I think that from Scholler's standpoint, that's partly why I was so, I'm so intrigued by the transition, because Scholler theoretically could have chosen this image and printed it at this scale, but he didn't do that. 
And to my mind, that's why I was sort of thinking about the gravitas of this image. I think that the scale is important, and I think that he is sending a message with the scale. But at the same time, when Martin and I were talking about this show, it was really important to him that we include Senator McCain and that we have a sense of the larger balance. Because part of the reason that Obama is um, such a powerful figure is that he's interacting with a larger sphere of significant, important people who are also trying to have an impact on the world. So he's not shaped in a vacuum. And I think that was also important for the artist to suggest. But I think that's a great observation. Thank you for your, for your question. Uh, this is a comment. I mean, mm -hmm. Yeah. But the more that I look at uh -huh. especially these two photographs side by side, and I've forgotten if you said when they were chosen, and that's sort of interesting to me. My own personal read on it is so much about like how he's really captured these very quintessential nuanced expressions of these two uh -huh. people. And I would like from my point of view, it's sort of like in McCain I see that there's there's pain and there's understanding mm -hmm. and there's idealism and mm -hmm. resignation. In Obama I see like sobriety realism, pragmatism, but optimism. And these are two ways that I viewed these two different people throughout the campaign, and mm -hmm. it's interesting the outcome. Yeah, it, it is interesting. And when you say when these images were chosen, did you, in what context did you mean? I mean chosen for this exhibition. Oh, they were chosen for this exhibition in the spring of 2008. So, so in advance of the outcome. Oh, yes. We did not know what the outcome of the election would be, although it's important maybe to note that we knew that it would go up after the election. And, you know, we love to reflect on history, but we see ourselves as people who reflect on history, not as people who try to influence certain outcomes. But when we were selecting these images, Martin and I had an inkling that this is how the race would shape up in the fall. And so so we just made an educated guess. Now, had Hillary Clinton been the nominee, maybe we, I don't know how we would have rejiggered things, but it did occur to us, and that was actually a question um, that we had in our minds um, about how the whole installation would be shaped. And of course, that eventually was resolved when Obama became the nominee for the Democratic Party. One thing that people say about Obama, or maybe I shouldn't be too general, a comment that I heard made during the course of the campaign is that there's something about his face that enables lots of different people to read lots of different things into it. And I've sort of kept that comment in my mind. And it's, again, something that I like to ponder. I don't. Maybe in its symmetry. But yes, that somehow I think there does seem to be, but it's very interesting. Um, there, you know. This is just a question I, I have to ask myself. Have I been primed to see his face in that way by things I've been hearing, more so than being primed to see McCain's, um, yeah, McCain's face in that light? Um, so again, I think one of the values of this exhibition is that it raises all these questions. And I think that's part of the reason that uh, Scholler finds it so important to have this deliberately uniform approach to making photographs. And I'm so glad, David, that you pointed out that this is an image made on film. And there's no attempt to correct, sort of quote unquote correct, um, for things like the ears going out of focus. But I loved your point about the eyes and the mouth being the features that Scholler obviously chose to focus on. And so now I'm going to have to go around and ask myself, is that the case in every single image? And I, I suspect that we'll find it is. But 
once again, that will be another really important um, question to look at. But I think Scholar wants us to be aware that we're bringing our own, um, our own ideas to these images, that he is not by virtue of framing things slightly differently, by virtue of having slightly different colored backgrounds behind the people, trying to deliberately influence the outcome of the reactions that we have to these pictures. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. I think he wants us to, to have the pleasure of um, reflecting on our own responses to these images. I'll take one, one final comment. Thank you. Do you think there's a, a program, there are a few times in our country where we've been in such crisis. Mm -hmm. And there are portraits in this museum of other presidents mm -hmm. through very great crisis times. Mm -hmm. Sequentially portrayed. Do you think this makes an important program for this museum to see that this president gets recorded on a serial time over the next I think it would be an extraordinary thing to do. I, I think it would be an extraordinary thing to do. And I think, um, I think one of the things we would have to figure out, again, this balance between the ideal and the practical, we would have to figure out how do we fund that? How do we make that possible? But I think it would be a fascinating thing to do. I, I really do. And. Um, so, yeah, thank you. I, I hope that one way or another we will have a way to record the changes um, to this leader over time. So thank you so much. Thank you all for your time and attention. I appreciate it.